Amen. It's good to be here this morning. We're going to dive right into to God's Word here. Uh, we are in our fourth and final sermon in this Advent series. We talked, uh, we've talked at length about Advent the last three weeks. Uh, how about Adam last week? Who was here for Adam? I thought he did an incredible job. Thankful, uh, thankful for him stepping in and, uh, and, and filling in. Uh, wonderful job, thankful uh, for his leadership and, and call. Uh, this morning, so we're in the fourth, uh, fourth sermon uh, in this Advent series called Unwrapping uh, Christmas. And uh, we're going to be unwrapping a fourth gift this morning. I'm not going to do it to the end. I'm changing it up on you uh, this time. Everybody's waiting for me to open it. Y'all know what it is anyway. Um, so we're going to just wait to the end and, and, uh, and see where God takes us. Um, but this morning we are talking about uh, peace. This is the, the fourth subject, the fourth gift that we find God gives us uh, in, the, in the birth of Jesus. These are uh, four things, uh, hope, love, joy, and peace. These four things are what we've looked at over the last four weeks. This is the final one as we take a look at peace this morning. Um, so peace, what is peace? Uh, I'm going to ask you this morning as we dive into this uh, to try to give me, um, in, in all this chaos that we're all in, I want everybody to take a deep breath right now. Deep breath in. You can let it out now. Some of you already did. You weren't waiting on my permission. You're like, I'm breathing. I don't care what he says. I want you to take a minute and just forget all the lists. I mean, I have lists right now. Like, it's so long, you're so far behind, uh, and you really can't focus because you're thinking about the next thing on the list. I want to forget the shopping list, forget where you're going today, uh, forget what you got to cook by, you know, tomorrow or this weekend, and everybody's coming over, and you got to clean the house, you got to wrap gifts, and if you're me, you got to buy gifts. Um, and so let, let's just, let's all take deep breath, and let's just be in this moment together for the next 20 to 30 minutes and uh, try to understand what peace is. This is another difficult sermon I shared when I taught on love two weeks ago. Uh, the Bible says the love that God gives us is, uh, is just above our knowledge. It just far surpasses our knowledge. And Paul wrote the same thing about the peace of Christ. It says it's a peace that passes all understanding. So we really can't understand it, but we're going to try our best this morning. And, uh, and I was studying yesterday, and I was going through... And usually when I study, I'll, I'll just read as much as I can about the topic. I'll read what other people say about peace, what they think about peace. Sometimes I'll listen to other preachers preach on peace or the, the, the passage of Scripture I'm going to be teaching on. Um, and, and then I, I try to take all that, and, uh, and then I say, all right, I'm scooting all that out, and I'm going to talk to God and say, God, what is it in this, in this moment? Because there's lots of things people can write about peace. And, um, and, and for me, peace is something I struggle with. I don't know if you do. Uh, but in my day-to-day -day life, I, I struggle to just rest in a peaceful state. Does that make sense? It just feels like I'm always in some type of turmoil trying to get the next thing or the next place. And, uh, you know, Bethany is really good about talking to me about, like, hey, we need just, like, five minutes to stop and not have an agenda. Ten minutes if we can just stop and breathe and drink a cup of coffee. And usually that's, that's what it is for us on a, the morning before I go to work. 
uh, we try to drink a cup of coffee. But it's really hard. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one, but I struggle with understanding exactly what this this means. And as I was praying about this last night, I was listening to music, and uh, and God just really showed me something about this. And, and I felt like he was taking me a different direction from the beginning, but I couldn't figure it out. And then he really just shared with me where he wanted me to go. And I hope it blessed me. I stood and cried. Um, so I hope you'll find a blessing in it this morning as we dig in to God's word. So how do we escape the chaos? How do you get out of it? I shared for me, it was a cup of coffee. Another place for me is at the piano. Uh, for me to, if you've read, been reading your devotional, hey, we got a bunch more of these in too. If you didn't get one or you want to take one and give to somebody as a Christmas present, I think we've got about 25 more back there. So grab one and do what you will with it. But in here, it talked about peace being uh, your peaceful place is not necessarily what is there in it. Some of us might say, you know, by water and the mountains. Uh, but it, it, we, what's really peaceful about it is what is not there. Did y'all get that out of that day, that devotion? They said the busyness, the calls, the texts, the, the emails, the calendar, all that stuff is not there. The, the, the things that distract us, uh, usually when we think of our peaceful place, uh, that's it. Uh, for us, so a piano is one place for me. Uh, also, a plane. As strange as that may sound, some people may have you know some fear of flying. For me, it's so peaceful once you get up there, because you're totally disconnected from all distractions, and you know everything's out of your control. Like you just sit, and you have to like think and spend time with God or talk to your neighbor. And who wants to do that? Because I'm an introvert, and I don't want to meet anybody new. I know enough people. Uh, but I like that time to just sit, and I can't. Like, uh, you know, I have to pay for Wi-Fi, so I usually won't. And uh, so I just sit, and it's time where I actually slow down, and the wheels stop turning, and you just take those deep breaths, and you're thinking, and you spend time uh, with God. This morning, I want to look at uh, a few different passages of Scripture that kind of lay this out for us. One is the, the most popular one, uh, and is really, um, we'll, we'll, we'll get to Luke in just a second, the most popular one. Let me read this one first. John chapter 14, uh, this is verse 9. Peace I leave with you. Peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. In the devotion, one of the questions it asked at one of the end of the days was, it just said, is your heart troubled? I just went, yep. Yeah, it just is. It pretty consistently uh, in the turmoil of life, it's pretty much, um, you know, we, we stay in a troubled state. As much as we'd like to say, oh, I got peace, I'm saved, I, I got my salvation, I know where I'm going, I'm at peace. Yeah, we say that on Sunday and then Monday morning comes around and we are all over the map, messed up, all kinds of, you know, crazy crying and stuff so it's hard to live it so I was thinking how do we live this do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid and I was thinking why do we get so out of well, how do we how do we lose this peace in our life that we all know should be there if we have Christ in our life well I want to tell you this story read this story that you're all familiar with and it really is uh, one of the most popular around the Christmas uh, season uh, about these shepherds you know, these lowly shepherds out in the field. And it starts in Luke chapter 2 and verse 8. And it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, 
keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And what? They were. Would you be scared? You ever been camping? Sitting around a campfire? It's pitch black. And all of a sudden, an angel shows up? Shining all around. I mean, would you be scared? Yeah, you'd be scared. These guys were scared. And the angels began to teach them. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. We know that verse. All right, they were already scared. I hadn't really thought about this. Um, but, you know, one angel has shown up and told them this, and all of a sudden it says, suddenly a great company of angels. I mean, they jumped out of their skin again, I'm sure. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. What? Peace. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. I want to just share this thought with you and then talk about it for a minute. Uh, that that when, when Christ came, he, he came to bring peace in our chaos, in our troubles, not from them. If you can just wrap your arms around that for a minute, and we're going to kind of build that out. He came to bring peace in the chaos, in the troubles, not peace from it. You know, maybe when you think of peace, you think of a pageant. What's the, the, the pageant answer? If you could have one thing, what would it be? World peace. Right? World peace. Uh, or, um, uh, uh, you know, the old saying, uh, uh, oh, what well, the Eagles song. Eagles had a song. What was it? You can't say that without singing it. A peaceful, easy feeling. I'm not going to sing it. I'll save you that pain. The peaceful, easy feeling or peace out. The peace sign. That was a thing back in, you know, when was that, 60s, 70s? I've got, a old, I've got a wooden statue, I think. I don't know where it came from, but it's just his hand giving a peace sign. Uh, and, but when we think of peace, we think of world peace. We think about peace in our community. We think about peace in our homes. And, and what God was bringing here is something, something totally uh, different. It was not peace from all that. It wasn't solving all the world's problems. It wasn't making this world heaven. Uh, but it, it, it gave us hope to have peace in the midst of all this. And so what is that peace? Here's what it is simply, uh, simply put. God in the sending of Christ and the birth of Jesus makes peace with mankind. What does that mean? That means the, this nation of Israel for hundreds of thousands uh, uh, of years have been waiting for a Messiah. They've been, and we can't hardly fathom this living in today's time that, that, there, that we feel like, oh, we can get grace and mercy in our sins and we can be reconciled to God. Well, they went hundreds of years, generations, where the only person that could talk to God was the high priest. They were disconnected from God. They couldn't individually, in their, in their prayer closet, cry out to God and pray 
to him. Actually, the pressure that was on them was to follow the law to the T, the Ten Commandments. Don't steal, you know, don't murder, no gods before me, all those things. Uh, you had to follow those laws perfectly to be seen as righteous. And so there was no peace between them and God. It was a very confrontational relationship. Actually, they had to go through the temple. They had to take uh, things to the temple to sacrifice and hopefully atone for their sins. But they had no connection. And just like these shepherds who had lived in that life, not only could they not uh, talk to God themselves, they weren't even allowed in the temple. They weren't even allowed to testify, testify in a trial because they were deemed unclean because of the way they lived and what they did. And here we find God going to the very outcast, the very lowest part of society, sending an angel to tell them about the birth of Jesus. And so peace for them was this opportunity to reconcile with God, to be able to lay down at night and not wonder, have I done enough to please God? Or to not wonder when you lay down at night and say, I know I haven't pleased God today and the wages of my sin is death. And, and not just physical death, but eternal separation from God. And we find here uh, in this verse, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. So we find that he, in this great story of Jesus, we find God reconciling and making peace with mankind, bringing gifts with every person's name on it, wrapped up with your name on it, waiting for you to open it and accept it and give it to you. It says eternal life is free. It just takes faith in Jesus Christ. It takes building that relationship uh, with him. I want you to think about in this story, the mayhem that was going on at the time. If you know the other story about the Magi and them going to King Herod and King Herod finding out that there could be another uh, a king up and coming, the king that had been prophesied. And, and many of them thought this new Messiah was going to be a, a king of kings in their own thought process, like a real political ruler that was going to lead the kingdom of Israel on earth. Herod got scared, and you know his decree, uh, you know, the, the, the murder of everyone, every little boy under two years old. I mean, this is total chaos. We can see the peace of the manger, and we can think about it in the nativity scene. But this peace was not fr from the world. It was in it. In the midst of all that was going on, they had an opportunity to find peace because they had a chance to, at the core of who they were, reconcile their hearts to God. I want you to look at, let's see if I've got it up here, see what the next verse I have. Yeah, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15, it says, let, and I prayed this for you all yesterday, everybody that's going to be here this morning, I prayed it for myself, let the peace.
peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Now here is, uh, is when it got me. I wrote it out. I was writing. I got a little whiteboard there where I study. Now, sometimes I'll just start writing things I think about on it. And, 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 and something hit me, and I found this verse, uh, and it says, You will keep in perfect peace. I want to say there's, there's really two types of peace. There's the peace you find when you give your heart and life and lay it all down, surrender it all to Christ. There's that initial peace you feel like, man, I'm good. I'm so thankful for God's grace and mercy. And then there's the peace that we kind of live in daily that we can get distracted from. And that's what I was really trying to figure out. Why do we get distracted from that? And uh, this verse came to me. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. And it came to me this. Peace is impossible without trust. That's not groundbreaking for you, maybe. It was groundbreaking for me. Because if your peace is, if you're feeling like all scattered and you're peace and you're troubled in your heart, well, God, God's word just said, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust you. And you'll find that without even realizing it, You've started to lose trust in God. And you've started to put trust in other places, in other things, and in other people. It's almost, your level of peace in your life is like a trustometer. It's a thing. The amount of peace that you feel in your life is directly equivalent to the amount that you're trusting God. Now, will we all perfectly trust him every minute of every day? But if you did, if you 100% trusted God in all his sovereignty and providence, would, would we ever not have peace in our life? And so I want to talk to you just a little bit about why do we lose trust? Where does our trust go? What happens? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Here's what happens, that last part of it that says he will make straight your paths. Here's what starts happening. We start trying to make our own paths straight. When we're not trusting God, we start to make our own paths straight. Um, And it gets us all out of sorts. We feel like things aren't going our way. We feel like if it's taking a turn that I didn't expect, that I didn't anticipate, uh, that, that, that I didn't really ask for, that actually I asked for it not to be this way. And we're beginning to lose our trust. So there's two levels of trust. I said one is for salvation. One is this daily trust that God knows best. Trusting his word that says he works all things together for our good. According to Matt Chandler, he's a pastor of Village Church, big church. Uh, this is one of the reasons he said 
Uh, we don't have peace as Christians. We don't have peace in our lives. Uh, and he says, we, we, we don't intentionally, we don't wake up on Monday morning and say, all right, this week I'm going to try to be God, but we do live like it sometimes. We try to, uh, to take uh, the weight and responsibility of things that are not ours. We try to take on the weight and the responsibility of things that are not ours. Some of those might be success. It might be success for you. God did not ask you to be successful for him to love you. He didn't ask you to be perfect for him to love you. He asked us to be faithful and to trust him for the rest. He also, he also said this, and this one just spoke to me, and I just want to share it with you exactly uh, how he said it. You can't fix anyone. You can't fix anyone. You are so worried about somebody else, some other situation, some situation at work, some situation in your family. And you're taking all this weight and this responsibility and it's weighing on you. And God says, are you God? You can't even fix yourself. And we put on this weight and this responsibility and it sucks the peace out of our life. It just drags it out of us because we're taking on this weight and this responsibility because we're not trusting. We're not putting all our trust in God. I think about this, you know, I shared uh, that, uh, you know, part of my peaceful uh, place is, is on a plane, is on flying out. Now, some of you think, how in the world is that peaceful? There's a fear about flying but it, it, for me it kind of relates to this same this same process of trust in God uh, I was traveling a couple of weeks ago and uh, really should have just driven I was going to, to Dalton Georgia and by the time I I could have been there like three hours before I had two flights and a layover and, and rented a car and drove an hour and a half two hours to get to an airport from here um, but I'd flown down, and I was trying to get back, and uh, I got on my flight. I'd fly out of Chattanooga to get back, and I got on the flight, and uh, I was texting Beth. I said it was a little behind, and we got on, and uh, we, we taxied out, and um, we were delayed like 20 minutes once we got on the plane, which is kind of unusual. And, um, and they came over the intercom and said, hey, we just had this little paperwork issue. It's holding us up a little bit. We're... We're delayed. It's taken care of now. We're going to prepare for takeoff. And uh, so I was texting Beth. You know, why do they say that? If you've ever flown, they tell you to put your phone on airplane mode. Does anybody do that? Does anybody? I just, I don't. If, oh, I do too. <laughs> um, but anyway, I was texting Beth. And I was saying, all right, we're getting ready to take off. And so they, they, they pull out to the runway and, uh, and they get ready to take off. And she's saying, why was it delayed? And, you know, she hates flying. And she's saying, why is it delayed? You know, it was turning into all caps, get off that plane type text messages. And, uh, and, but here's the, here's the thing. Once I'm on there, once I'm on there, once, once I'm in life, once I'm on that plane, I trust the pilot. I trust these people. 
I trust them. If they think things are good enough to take off, then I'm going to trust them. If they don't, they know it way better than I do. I mean, am I going to go up there and check and say, let me check over everything, make sure y'all making good decisions. We do it to God, though. We, do, we try to get in his cockpit and say, hey, why are you slowing this down? Why are you, why are you behind on this? Why are you, why'd y'all delay us? And, and, and so we were there. Uh, we were there, and so we pull out the runway. We're getting ready to take off. I'm texting him like, we're taking off. And, you know, you feel the pressure of the weight, and he hits whatever he hits, the throttle, I don't know, pedal to the metal. I don't, and uh, I don't care. I just trust. I mean, I just get on that thing and trust whoever it is. And I, and I feel the weight, and it lasts about three seconds, and it's slowed back down. And uh, they come over the radio, and apparently it wasn't paperwork, so maybe I shouldn't trust them. Uh, but there was a, the screen was like flickering on and off that they used. It was like nothing mechanical, but they couldn't see how to fly the thing, I guess, so it's kind of important. So it was flickering on and off, so they back us out, and, uh, and, and all this time, I mean... Uh, I don't, know, I don't know how God is working in this situation, but there's, there's this woman across the aisle from me um, just in, uh, 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 just, just in the worst position in life. Um, when she came on the plane, I could tell uh, she, was, she was intoxicated at some level. I don't know if it was, if it was drugs or alcohol. She... She, she was dressed really nice and had a bag, and, and she walked by her seat, and, um, and, and the, the flight attendant said, hey, come back, you passed your seat up, you're sitting right here, uh, and, and she sat down, and she was, she was kind of clumsily dropping her stuff, and she, she was probably in her uh, maybe she, late 50s, maybe 60s, um, and she was dropping her, dropping her stuff and just trying to get all acclimated, and I was just ended up having to sit there across the aisle from her. Uh, for like 45 minutes or an hour while they were trying to figure this situation out. And, um, and you never know what people are going through in life. Do you know that? And she was putting on this kind of smiling face. She was acting everything, and she'd get her phone out. And, uh, and you know, I, was just, I noticed something wasn't right, so I was really worried about it. So I was trying to watch and see, you know, what she was texting. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and so... Because I thought she's, I really thought she was like going to OD and pass out. Like, I mean, she was that close. She'd be dragging her finger down and she'd just, her eyes would go closed and she'd start going like this. Just kind of wobbling. And then she, the guy beside her had his earbuds in, listening to music, and she'd just say stuff to him. <laughs> and he'd not even paying a bit of attention. And so I was reading her text and, 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 the, and the top one, the, the top one said, Mom, you cannot come here. And I thought, okay, there's something. There's something up. I noticed on her hand she had uh, like a hospital bandage, like she had an IV or something. She was just out of the hospital. Uh, and she said, you cannot come here. She said, if you show up, I'm going to pack all your bags and ship them back. And then she had typed in her little text box to get ready to send a message. She typed this big, long message I could I could read in it, uh, and and it it, it it's well, y'all better hide your phones around me. <laughs> and, and it said I can't believe you wanting your wanting your mom at your wedding. And 
um, yeah, everything she was saying to the people around her, she was saying, she'd say, where's my pink dress for my daughter's wedding? I'm going to my daughter's wedding in California. She's getting married this weekend. And, and this is what we do on the, the external. We're putting, we put all this, this show on. It's what she was doing. I don't know the demons that she's facing and what she's gone through. But I got to sit there and just talk to her. And I don't know what, I, I don't know whatever came of it because we went back. They finally took us back. I mean, she got, she got up and went to the restroom at one time. And they literally had to go beat on the door to get her to come back out and sit down and buckle up so they could take us back to get off the plane. They took us back once, said, you're going to have to deboard, take all your stuff. They're going to, maintenance is going to come on, change the screen out. They can fix it. We got back. We were, I had all my stuff. I was getting ready to get off. They said, never mind. They think they can fix it while you're on here. So we sat down. They, the maintenance came on, they took the screen out, it took them maybe 20 minutes, they fixed the screen, maintenance got off, they locked the door, they said everything is good, and, uh, and I'm just sitting there talking to her and this other lady beside me that was from Maine, and the lady beside me was uh, talking, we were both talking about this lady, we were concerned about her, um, and, uh, and, and they came back, and they started to roll away again for us to go off, and I'm serious, it was maybe five seconds they hit the brake. We pulled back up 10 feet, and they said, it didn't fix it, <laughs> or you're going to have to get off the plane. This was like an hour and 15 minutes sitting there, and I had like an hour and a half layover. At this point, I was like, there's no way I'm going to get my next flight. Just let me to an enterprise. <laughs> let me go rent a car. But listen, this, the reason I say all this is because I put the trust there. I just trusted them. Like, you know if the screen is working or not. You know if it's not going to work or if it is going to work. I have no business getting in your business and telling you what's right or wrong. And I don't know why God, I don't know what he had in plan. Maybe, maybe I wasn't supposed to get on the plane. Beth, I mean, when I finally got all my texts, it was like, get off that plane, get off that plane, get off that plane, get off that plane. And uh, I texted back. I don't know if she prayed me off. I don't know what happened. Uh, but as much as I trust the pilot, I trust God more. <laughs> right? I'm trusting God in that place, in that time. I'm just like, I'm, this is out of my control. There are things in your life that are out of your control that are eating you alive. Have I been a good enough parent? Did I, am I the one that ruined my marriage? Have I been good enough to be loved? Do I have purpose, really? You can even come to Christmas this time of year. I'm not naive to realize that some people, and most of us, Christmas is not a Hallmark Christmas. It is really a time when we do slow down and we really see our brokenness and the situations that we're in the middle of. And we take responsibility of it. And it's not our responsibility. Our responsibility is to be faithful to God, to trust Him when it's time to take off but then not time to let, let Him come on and change the screen out. You realize He does this to us in life? 
If I had my way, I'd have been on the plane and we'd have taken off when I got on it and we went. I didn't know that the screen wasn't working. I didn't know they wouldn't have been on fly with it. We don't know what God knows. Do you see this story? And you'll never know it. And we'll eat ourselves up trying to just, just take a deep breath and rest. And knowing that God loves you. That Jesus was born just for you and me. That he was God's gift to the world. He was, he, he, he was there to reconcile all of this peace uh, and, and between him and, and us. And to give us peace not from all our troubles in this world, but right in the midst of it. We can find peace. But here's the thing. Um, a gift is no good. If you never open it, does it? Would it make sense that you know Beth's going to have me all kinds of gifts wrapped under the tree? I mean, just all kinds. She's piling them up. There's none there yet, but I know they're coming. And I just wake up on Christmas morning and I say, Nah, nah. I'm good. I don't want anything cool. I don't I don't want a new Keurig. <laughs> or an Amazon dot for every room. Nope, I'm taking my time on purpose. Dramatic effect. This, you may, you may have never accepted Christ. You've never got that first piece. To know in the big picture, man, I'm okay. I didn't earn it. I don't deserve it. This is evidence of God's reckless love for me. He came and he died for me. You may have never gotten that, and that gift is waiting to be opened. And for those of us that are Christians, we're living in turmoil and anxiety and depression over things. So, and sometimes that's real. And sometimes we bring it on ourselves and the things that we worry about and we put pressure on ourselves for. And God is just simply offering the gift of peace. The gift of peace. Just rest in it. Knowing that uh, you don't have to earn his love. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be successful. It's okay if you weren't the best parent, the best mom, the best dad. It's okay if you got a family out of control. At some point, you just have to lay it all down and give it to God. Let him run the plane. Let him fly the plane. Don't beat on the cockpit. Just trust him. All this comes, we have this fifth candle that represents a little baby 
that the shepherds who were nobodies got word from an angel and it says immediately they got up to go find him. Because while they were sitting there, who knows what they were talking about. I'm sure it was all holy things around the campfire. But in the moment of darkness, in their moment of brokenness, in their moment of the most hopeless situation that they've ever been in, God lit a light. It says the darkness will not overcome it. And you can hold to that truth. If you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. And this one light, the fifth one that we lit, represents Jesus. It represents his birth. These four things just come along from him. But not unless we open them. Not unless we open the gifts. Not unless we accept it. Not unless we trust. We just have to put our trust in him. I want to read you this words to this song that I've been listening to lately. Um, you ever listen to a song and think it's about one thing and then find out it's about another but you still love it? Maybe that's just me. Uh, there's a story um, as a song. Uh, it's just called History. It's, this, it's just really simple refrain, three or four different verses, and the, the guy singing it. Uh, the, the first lines are, uh, you and I, we've got history. And he's and when I first heard it, I was thinking he was singing to God. You and I, we've got history. We go way, way back. Um, and so I was reading a little bit about it, and uh, it turns out he did, when he, when he originally wrote it, um, he was writing it uh, to God, about God. Actually, it was during like this spontaneous you know, worship, kind of like we did that morning. He just started singing that line, you and I, we've got history. We go way, way back, and when he started to rewrite it with a friend, they were going to just turn it into an actual song. Um, they, they said, well, what if, what if we turn this around and let this be the Father, let this be God singing over us? And so I read that, I was like, oh, my God, this song is incredible. It just changed it so much, God singing, you and I, we've got history. We go way, way back. The next line is, uh, yeah, I'm never going to let you go. I never have. I never will. You and I, we've got history. And I was talking to Beth about this last night. And I, was th- I was like, think about it, really. We're all stressed out in this moment of life, and God was right there when you were born. When you took your first breath, he knew your name. And, and the Bible teaches us that before you even... Uh, b- before you before you even did one thing in life, it was ordained before you, the good works, the things that were there for you to do. We cannot fathom the sovereignty and the care that God has for us. And I, I was telling Beth, I said, think about it. He, he remembers the first time you got scared as a little kid. You personally. He remembers the first time you got scared. He remembers the first time you, you were mean. For me, that was quick, I think. He remembers the first time you lied. He remembers the first time that somebody told you about him. 
He knows the times you ran from him. He knows the times you ran to him. And still just like the shepherd that leaves the 99 to go search for the one, he pursues you. He loves you. This morning the gift is here to be open. And it is peace that passes all understanding. We're going to